What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Ian Furness Show. Smith waiting for the shotgun snap. The fake. Rolls right. Throws for the end zone. It is caught. DK Metcalf overpowering the Rams to snatch it away and give Seattle the late lead. Geno Smith on the naked. He's going to pull up right here and wait for DK Metcalf to get in his vision. Parkinson does an excellent job on the edge, giving him time. And look at Metcalf traveling all the way across the field with Ramsey draped all over him. Strong hands from Metcalf. I mean, can't cover him much better than that. I mean, Ramsey's all over him. Geno just fits that ball in. Text us at 49451 and hit the talkback mic on the iHeartRadio app. Everybody knows what type of game it is when you play the Cardinals, when you play the Rams, and when you play the 49ers. It's a game of physicality. It's a game of talking. It's a game of chirping, and you got to be able to hold your own. you got to be able to focus on the end goal and not get caught up and lose yourself. This is the new Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. All righty, there you go. That's the highlights from Fox and uh, Fox 13's postgame show yesterday, Tyler Lockett. And, yeah, what a, what a win it was for the Seahawks. What a weekend it was. If you're a Husky fan with Michael Penix coming back, not so much if you're a Mariner fan and we're hoping to see maybe a Trey Turner roll into town. That's not going to happen now. It's okay. Things are still good. Things are good. You good, Anders? Yeah, I'm good, Ian. How are you? I'm good. Tired? Good? Yeah. Good. Good. Good trip back from L.A.? Uh, boy, our airport sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. Uh, yeah. Actually, saw, I'll, I'll tell the story in a second. Saw some, some people. It was nice. Cool. Uh, let's get to it. Let's get to headlines. Now, from the Star Rental Sports Desk, your 93.3 KJRFM Sports Headlines. Brought to you by Venue Kings, VenueKings.com. I should point out, I've got some friends that went down to the game. I got a text yesterday. Hey, is there any chance uh, you got tickets laying around the hotel? I'm like, no, they, for some reason, don't just give me tickets to laying around the hotel. But uh, I said, go, and I. this is, I, I'm not even compensated by Venue Kings, right. but I'm going to tell you this. I said, go to VenueKings.com. Rams are awful. Notoriously, that building is never full, even when they're good. Right. And uh, sure enough, a couple tickets, good seats. There's really, unless you're high, high end zone, you know, there's not bad seats there. It's a great stadium. I think they got in for 20 bucks with great seats. Oh, there Thanks you go. Thanks to where? VenueKings.com. Add it to some of the 12s that were there. I, I, if, you're a, if you're going to a cracking game, I don't know why you wouldn't just go to VenueKings.com. You kind of wait till the end, see what the prices are, and away you go because they're all sold yeah. out, right? VenueKings.com. Okay. I mentioned this, Trey Turner uh, and the Phillies have agreed to an 11-year, $300 million contract, so take him off the Mariners' wish list. We will mollywop tomorrow, by the way. Yep. Boys are chomping at the bit right oh, now. they're ready to go. They are ready. They are fired up. Uh, Justin Verlander is going to go to the Mets, apparently. There's a source of saying he's got a two-year, $86 million deal. My God, that's a lot of money to a lot pitch of money every five days. A 40-year-old, yeah. yeah. And every five days. But he wants the Cy Young Award winner, so yep. I guess I can see that as well. Jimmy Garoppolo out for the year. That's too bad. Uh, Season-ending surgery on a broken foot. Brock Purdy takes over as the uh, starting quarterback. Trey Lance, I talked to John Lund yesterday from KBR. Trey Lance is not coming back this year. Nope. One guy that may come back, and they may need him. (laughs) 
is uh, Rashad Penny. I spoke to him after the game yesterday briefly. He was uh, in the uh, tunnel there and came by, said hello, and uh, I said, how you doing? He said, you know what? I might be back before the end of the season. There you go. He is working hard. He's out of state, uh, working and uh, doing rehab off-site, as they would say. But he was – it was funny because I saw him literally bouncing around in the hallway with his teammates after that win – and I'm like, that doesn't look like a dude that's got a broken uh, ankle. But uh, clean break says good to go. So he might be a few weeks away. That won't help this week. And that's a concern because Seahawks do have some injuries. We'll get into that in just a couple of seconds as well. Kraken next in action. We're all taking on the Montreal Canadiens at 7 o'clock. Let's go. Here we go. We're in the show. Hugh Millen, hardcore football coming up at 1.30 today. Lots to get to. I really want to go through the final drive, maybe even specifically the final, the touchdown catch by DK Metcalf. If you were with us on Friday, you remember we talked to Greg Cosell every Friday. We break down the game, the X's and O's and all that. And Greg talked about Friday, the fact that uh, Jalen Ramsey is not going to trail and shadow. There's these weird... Listen, if you're if you're covering something on a national basis and you got to look, and Cosell talks about this all the time, um, even a guy like him looks at the film about every game every week. It's hard to be really all in the know. But, you know, there's been times people, oh, you know, Jalen Ramsey shuts down DK Metcalf and he shuts down. Jalen Ramsey does not shadow. He doesn't play man-to-man for the most part. They play a lot of zone, right? That's what Cosell talked about the other day. And and he'll stay on his side of the field. And I remember a couple of years ago talking about this with, with Cosell. The Seahawks would probably kind of go ahead and they would – you know, send a guy in motion early on, see what happens if somebody trails, and they didn't. He was playing man-to-man. It sure looked like on that touchdown at the end of the game. Anders and I just watched it again for the, yep. to build that open that you heard. And uh, he followed him, and DK got inside of, it, of him, and, and Gino just threw a perfect bullet of a what pass. A throw, what yeah. a throw. Gino was, Gino was interesting yesterday, man. He had some unbelievable throws. He had some throws that were head scratchers that maybe he didn't pay a price for. The Bobby Wagner interception that was or wasn't interception – if you want to just take out the controversy of the call, just never should have made that throw. Right. Shouldn't even been a decision. Right? Yeah. So, but nevertheless, when he had to step up and make a play and make a drive, he didn't. Gosh, guys, yesterday, that was something else with the Seahawks, wasn't it? I mean, of all the things that happened this weekend, listen, if you're a Husky fan, I might touch on that. In fact, I will try to touch on this a little bit later on. Uh, maybe even this segment. Uh, the college football world is just, it's out of control these days. But what what I, I tweeted this right before the drive started, and I was kind of thinking what you know, what you what we just all talked about, what Puck and I just talked about in in, in Jim and crosstalk. There were a couple moments in that game yesterday that Gino kind of got away with stuff, and his numbers were through the roof. And you know, I mean, I, I remember looking down at one point, and I'm like, damn, this guy's throwing for you know, he's going to go over 300 yards. He's you know, at that point, his uh, his passer rating was well over 100, even though he threw an interception. That was after, you know, that was after the interception. He, I mean, there's a lot of things, but there was something about it just wasn't. I mean, they were one for three in the red zone, or one for two in the red zone, one for three in the red zone at that point. Um, you know, and they wasted some opportunities to kind of put that game away because they couldn't convert in the red zone. Not all his fault by any means. And he gets the ball back to Geno Smith, and his team trailing by three. And I don't know how many people were thinking field goal. Uh, we'll play some Tyler Lockett in, uh, interview here in a second. That was not in there. They weren't thinking field goal. No, they were thinking we're going to go and we're going to, we're going to make this thing happen. Um, you know, they got the ball back and after the, after the 49ers or the 40, after the Rams had scored 
and you know they get the ball back with 2.56 to go and trailing by three and the ball at their own 25-yard line. They go 10 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown. And it was at that moment that Geno Smith, if there was any doubt, if there was any doubt uh, who and what this guy's about, it was answered right there. That was Russell Wilson in his prime like. Russell can't do that anymore or hasn't done that. Almost did it yesterday except for a couple inexplicable plays at the end. Yeah. Kind of felt like he wanted to put it more on his kicker than himself, but that's fine. <laughs> nine points. Nine points. <sighs> nine points. Oh, game. man. I mean, Andrew, nine points. That's not Lord. good. <laughs> how about I don't want to digress too much. No. How was that defense thing? But but for Gino, he, he just, he was unreal on that last drive. I think it was six for nine when it was all said and done. Um, you know, And he's doing it too without a, a couple of key weapons. Yeah, DJ Dallas was in there. I saw DJ Dallas after the game, man. I, I don't know how he played on that leg at the end. He was really limping bad when he went to the bus. Uh, had his his leg was wrapped up. I think uh, Pete said on his radio show today it was like a high ankle or something. But it's I mean I I don't know how DJ Dallas got out there. Tony Jones Jr. is a brand new guy. He's been here a month and a half. Bounced around the league for a while. Uh, no Travis Homer who would have helped you immensely. And yeah. Travis Homer is built for that kind of drive. He's a great blocker. Although DJ Dallas in the first touchdown, DJ Dallas made the play to to chip the block on the, the blitzer coming in. That was a huge play by D.J. Dallas, a huge, huge progression in his game over the last couple of years. But that last drive, you don't have Travis Homer. Travis Homer is your third down back. He's your blocking back. He's a guy that you can leak out. He's a guy you can throw the ball to. D.J. Dallas, uh, Travis Homer's big. You didn't have him. You don't have Ken Walker the third, who is may end up being the rookie of the year on the offensive side of the football in the NFL. Maybe not now. His numbers are kind of tailing off a little bit. But you don't have him. And Dallas was a shadow of itself. And yet Gino leads them down the field, man. If there was any doubt, if there was any doubt about that guy, there isn't any more. Just a huge, huge drive for the team and for Gino Smith specifically. As I said, time to earn your money. As I tweeted out yesterday, it's time for him to go out. Now you can make your money. You can go out and, you know, are are you going to get franchised? Are you going to get signed to a a longer-term deal? Are you going to... Are you going to test free agency? You know, what, what's going to happen with Geno Smith? Well, that particular, all the numbers this year that he's put up, all the numbers that he's put up this season, and leading a team, you know, probably to the postseason, a team that's got a subpar defense at best, uh, Geno Smith put himself in a great position, but, you know, he hadn't done that yet. He had not led them in truly on a game-winning drive. Had a chance, a couple chances last week, you know, late in the game in overtime against, the Raiders, he had a couple of chances last year here in, in, in Seattle. Pittsburgh being one was New Orleans the other one, right? So, I mean, he's had opportunities and had not done. That's the one thing missing from the resume as a Seahawk quarterback, and he did it yesterday. And when I say he did it, he did it. I, I, I'm i not – look, bashing on Russ is an easy, easy thing right now. I think it's really safe to say – at this point, I think we can definitively say this. They're not where they are at seven and five. And with a, depending on whose analytics you want to look at, probably about a 90% chance to make the postseason. They're not there. If Russell Wilson is the quarterback, it's that simple. It just is. Uh, they, Gino makes throws that Russ never wanted to make down the middle between the, between the numbers down the seam. He just, he just, and I'm not saying he's been a he'll have a better career because Russ's career up to this point has been really good, but 
Geno's just different, and he's playing at a different level, but he had to do what he did yesterday. He had to lead them on a touchdown drive, at least a game-tying drive, but the touchdown drive was really what he needed, and he got it. You didn't want to go to overtime because your defense still is having all kinds of issues. Your defense, and we'll get to that with Hugh hopefully in the second segment of Hardcore Football, when you give up 171 yards to that offense, with that offensive line, now I know a lot of them came on stretch plays and everything else, but you cannot, that cannot happen. And it happened yet again. That's a huge concern for this football team. Huge concern. But what isn't a concern is Geno Smith. Uh, after the game, I caught up with Tyler Lockett. And I want to get that because I, I, there's a couple things in this conversation that if you missed the post-game show yesterday, I think you'll find interesting. Talking about the rivalry and talking about Bobby Wagner and that final drive, here's Tyler Lockett. 18 career 100-yard games, third all-time for the Seahawks. You find your way to the end zone, huge third down catch. That probably doesn't matter to you right now, does it? All that matters is what that final score said? Of course, man. Um, it was a big-time game, a lot of chirping going on, but, man, proud of this team, proud of the resilience, just being able to finish. A lot of players made a lot of great plays. A lot of players stepped up just due to some people going down. But overall, man, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you kind of expand on that. You brought it up. A lot of chirping. These, like, a lot of times people ask, like, who's the rival for the Seahawks? You know, and there's a lot of old traditional rivalries in the National Football League. I think a lot of times we think it's San Francisco. I kind of get the feeling it's these guys, no matter who's on that field for them. I feel like it's everybody in the division. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody knows what type of game it is when you play the Cardinals, when you play the Rams, and when you play the 49ers. It's a game of physicality. It's a game of talking, it's a game of chirping, and you got to be able to hold your own. you got to be able to focus on the end goal and not get caught up and lose yourself. Was 45 on the other side? He used to wear 54 here. Was he chirping a little bit? I saw his helmet off at one point, and he was saying some things. Oh, no, Bobby <laughs> played a heck of a game, man. Like, it was fun just being able to have the opportunity to go against him. Obviously, you know, we wish he was still here, but just being able to have a chance to go against him, man, he brings out the best of us. We bring out the best of him. Uh, it was an amazing experience, almost like what it was like to play against Sherm. You know, like what it's like to play against Russ, what it's like to play against Bobby. Like, you're playing against the greats, and you're having an opportunity because these are your brothers. Like, it's a brotherhood, and it's just something that's kind of fun and something that we can be able to talk about when we're all done playing. Tyler, that's interesting. It's fun to play against the best that there is, then, is what you're telling me. Because that's – Bobby Wagner's the best. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame first ballot guy. Sherm, same thing, right? You like playing against that type of guy. Yeah, I mean, I like playing against, like I said, all of them, man. Like, Russ is my brother. Bobby's my brother, Sharon's my brother, and just being able to have that opportunity, like at practice, you never really know where you're at, you know, especially when you're going against the defense. And so it's like now having a chance to go against Bobby, it's like, okay, them times where it looked like he might have been there, can he really be there? Them times when Sherm used to do this, this, and this, like how do I line up against him now? You know, so it's pretty fun just, you know, in a competitive level. You know, but, you know, as a brother level, you're like, man, I wish everybody could just stay here. <laughs> Final thing for you. This is, look, you guys aren't looking at it, but I think the reality is when you sit and look at what wins and losses are in this league and playoff pictures and all of those things, that final drive might be one of those season-defining drives. Keeps you guys in the playoff hunt. Keeps you in the NFC West hunt as well. You're not thinking about that, I'm sure, when the drive starts, but that's the reality of what it was. You got a huge third-down catch, and I think at the end it felt like there was no doubt. You guys weren't going for a tie. Walk me through that last drive, Gino, and what was going on. Man, I think the biggest thing was we just we understood the assignment. We understood that this is the drive that, that has to be able to go down and go, go score. Um, a lot of people made a lot of great plays during the drive. DK, Keese, 
uh, Noah, just to be able to keep things going. And DK got the big time touchdown. Like for us, man, we've been in a lot of situations where some of the games we lost, we had a chance at the end and it was either a penalty or something that set us back where we weren't able to overcome it and win. And so for us just to get that drive, just to be able to score, I mean, it just shows the type of team that we have. And I, I really think that's the standard of what we just did going forward. And I think that's the key, man. It was just, they, they had to have that drive. They had to have that drive. You know, Tyler Lockett, still probably one of the most underappreciated outside of Seattle wide receivers in the NFL. 12 targets, nine receptions, 128 yards. Had the 36-yard touchdown, a thing of beauty. And again, DJ Dallas should get a ton of credit for that because he picked up the blitz. Um, Lockett was big at the end. Metcalf, of course, with the touchdown catch. The the catch that the throw and the catch that DK made it ended up being just a field goal, but the DK had down the sideline. I think from a television side, it would have been the near sideline to you guys, right? Right. Um, going left to right, just a, a absolute thing of beauty, just a dime that Gino threw, and the fact that DK was able to go up and get that ball and tap the two toes. I thought the number that jumped out at me. I'm, I'm, I'll mention this to Hugh coming up as well, I, and I'm, I'll look it up here in the break. Eight targets for DK, eight receptions. Perfect in that regard. Yeah. There wasn't a wasted throw to DK Metcalf. This is a guy that a year ago in that stadium against that team went sideways. He didn't have a target until the end of the first half, and it wasn't even a target to him. It was a throwaway, but he was the nearest receiver. And remember, he stomped off the field. He was pissed, and and people were upset about that. And I, you know, I, I kind of went looked back on it and thought, you know, I, it's not a great look. I get that, but I also understand his frustration because Russ isn't getting him the ball. That's not a DK. And then all of a sudden you get a guy like Jalen Ramsey chirping at you and you haven't had a catch. Well, you haven't had a target. You got to sometimes go ahead and say, go make a play, big man. And, and, and Gino does that with him. Does the same thing with Lockett. He's not as big. Go make right. a play. I mean, Fant was great. Four catches. Disley had a couple of catches. Jones had two catches for 18 yards, both for nine yards. Yeah. Guy coming off the street, literally. Yeah. Had a couple, and he had two first downs for you. And he had a first down carry as well. I mean... That it was really, I mean, it it was a, I mean, a day a day in which Ken Walker does nothing for you, in, in any part of the game. Your guys just stepped up, you know. I mean, I I thought that I thought what Geno Smith did yesterday. We, we can chant MVP, and I'm sure Seahawk fans next week the Geno chance might turn into MVP chance, and they probably should. It 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 is really. It was such a huge step forward for this team. Now, here's the downside. And we'll talk about this with Hugh with Hardcore Football. Man, they can't stop anybody right now. I, and I think that is that that to me is the bigger concern because they can outscore teams and and they can they can move the football. You know, kind of look at their drive chart. Second half, they had the fumble, but that was on the plus side of the 40. They had a field goal, then they had an interception, plus side of the 40. They had two turnovers. But they had crossed midfield both times with decent drives, multiple play drives, multiple first down drives. Then they get another field goal after going 11 plays and 67 yards. And then when they have to, they go 10-75 and a touchdown. They didn't punt in the second half, the Seahawks. And that's not a good offense either. Offense or defense? Offense I'm, I'm, I'm talking Rams. about the Seahawks. Yeah, I know. The, you know, the Seahawks offense oh, didn't yeah, punt yeah. in the second half. The problem is what you just said. Bad offense on the other side. You force two punts early in the first in the third quarter. And then here's your, here's what happens. Field goal, touchdown. Two drives of nine plays each for the for the Rams. 
Now, one of them came off the interception, and you held them to a field goal, but then you allow them after a kickoff, after you get the field goal, you allow them to march down the field and score a touchdown. That just can't happen. You cannot let that happen every single week and put your offense in that kind of stress, and that's what's going on. Uh, I'll be curious to hear what Hugh has to say because I think it's it, it really is getting a little difficult for this football team if you have to put that kind of pressure on your offense every single week. It's kind of the opposite of what's going on in Denver right now. Denver's defense doesn't let any, give up anything, but they can't score. Well, Seattle's defense gives up a lot, but their offense can score at a rate that it kind of just it, it overcomes those issues. They're a playoff team. They're a playoff team. I mean, because of what's going on in the NFC East and the way their schedule sets up, that's a playoff team. But it might be a one-and-done playoff team unless they figure things out on the defensive side of the football. And Hugh Miller will come in. We'll talk about all that with him coming up in a second. Mike Sando just after the top of the hour. 49451. Tell them more to do text line. 49451. When it's game time, it's telly time. You get your interaction as well. Factor fiction later, too. All that coming up. Hardcore next with Hugh. Now back to Ian Furness on your home for the Huskies and the Kraken. Sports Radio 93.3. KJR-FM. Hardcore football, Hugh Millen, right now as we uh, look back at yesterday's Seahawk victory, 27-23 over the Rams. We'll get to the 23, the second number there. That, that's the bad part of it. We'll do that in the second segment because giving up 23 points and 171 yards on the ground to that particular team with that offensive personnel I think is cause for concern. But let's start with the good stuff. Hugh, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Ian? I'm good. Good. I'm good. good. Yeah. Good, good to get a win. And Yeah. I, and uh, It's hard to win in the NFL. That's what coaches say all the time, right? Hard to win in the NFL. Well, I think there's a lot of emotion there. I think with Bobby, I think oh, the Rams God, there were, was a ton. <laughs> were geeked up. I think, uh, you, you know, every time that DK goes against mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ramsey, it's just, you know, that's just the height of competition. So, I, I you know, I just sense that there was a lot of juice involved it, in the game, despite where the Rams are. Bobby had him going, Hugh. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. There And there wasn't a lot of juice in the building. It felt like a neutral site game. There was, I would say, it was maybe 60, 65% full the building was. And out of that, it wasn't half Seattle, but sure, selling. it sounded like that. There was a ton of Seahawks fans. And listen, the Rams are bad. They're coming off a Super Bowl win. They know who's playing. And it was, yeah, so it was kind of a, a different atmosphere. But Bobby Wagner was different level man he was we we kind of take it for I don't take it for granted but I I say that it's kind of like a cliche but watching him play for a decade here in Seattle we watch greatness you know six-time first team all pro you've talked about it before that's not pro bowl that's all pro that's one of the best at your position period that puts him in elite category as a linebacker in the history of the league and he was uh he was playing at even a different level yesterday it was a ton of fun and and then watching him interact with guys afterwards was cool too because it was battling his buddies was certainly special well, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I don't believe any Seahawk in the history of the franchise no. has ever been no. six time, no. including Wal- including Walter. Now, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, I, I think maybe there might have been one or two that on the back end because of of tackles, just gross tackles. Uh, you know, people just got used to penciling him in the, in there, and yep. maybe he wasn't quite as aggressive taking on blocks. But I, I think it's also true that at the beginning of his career, maybe missed out on. Yeah. One or two, you know, you have to establish yourself, but, yeah. um, you know, whatever, I'm not saying he was ever soft for the Seahawks, but a- relatively soft. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like by no. his standards? Yeah. By his, you know, sta- dro- yeah, cause his standards are just different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, his, if his standard was a hundred and, uh, and yes. you know, the last couple of years he was 97, let's yep. just be charitable. Then, you know, it's still a really high bar. 
Hugh, uh, I want to break down the final drive with yeah. you, if I can, hardcore style. Uh, Seahawks, Cam Akers scores a touchdown. There's 2.56 left in the game. Seahawks have all three timeouts. Shockingly, they yeah. had all three timeouts uh, to work with and the two-minute warning. But uh, they get the ball at the 25-yard line after the kickoff, and Geno Smith has to do something he had yet to do as a Seattle Seahawk, and that's lead him on a game-winning fourth-quarter drive. Uh, and he did just that. Let's, let's go through it. Yeah, well, first of all, you just say, okay, what were what was uh, the the Ram, what were the Rams trying to do? Well, they played zone uh, the entire drive, and uh, all but maybe one of them, they uh, they were playing what's called a cover three. We've talked about that. Uh, it resembles a baseball outfield three, the outfielders and the infielders, right? But mm-hmm. but they do it. There's a specific tag to it. We would call three buzz. And buzz, when you you talk to a football coach, three buzz means that they're they're going to show a too high defense, both safeties deep, but one of those safeties is going to come down, and technically he's responsible for what's called the hook zone, the middle. Like it'd be like an outfielder to carry out the analogy, a softball outfielder. You got four four outfielders, mm-hmm. and then one <clears throat> drops down to either be the shortstop or the second baseman. You know, depending yep. on which side, right? Does yep. that make sense? Yep. So um, there's a little bit of a disguise. So they start the the uh, the play there trips right, and uh, you, I think you have the play by yep. play. So so Geno so, Smith to DK Metcalf for nine yards. Yeah. So so it's trips right there, and they have a two concepts. They have a smash concept, which is a corner out and a guy in the flat. But because of the outside leverage of the corners in that, that's more of a two deep uh, a coverage that you would want. And this is a three deep. Um, you try and hit that pocket to the side of the safety. But but they're in a three deep, but but then they have the mesh concept that you know so well because of Mike mm-hmm. Leach, right? Yep. Where you have two guys just running the shallow crosses, and and uh, you see DK Metcalf, he uh, he just hooks it up. He doesn't keep going to the other side of the formation. That would be one key point of that that I observe. Uh, uh, some coach, some teams coach that that shallow cross is going to like if DK's going left to right and mine uh, and I'm Gino, I would expect him sometimes to say, "Hey, uh, hook up in the C gap." That would be the area outside Abe Lucas. No, the the mesh guys and Mike Leach they say as soon as you cross the ball, the center, then if you've got an open spot, just sit up, and that's what DK did. That's for, and that was a huge nine yards because it kind of gets yeah. them, you know, it gets gets you going. You get the nine yards. By the way, DK Metcalf yesterday five targets. Uh, I'm sorry, eight targets, eight catches. Fifth time in his career he's had a perfect day in terms of targets and catches. Yeah. Uh, and two of those have come with uh, Geno this year. I think one came last year with Geno, too. I'm not sure if that's a uh, – anyway, a lot of 61 career games, and they come with Geno more than the other guy. Okay, yep. uh, Geno Smith on the second down, second and one from the 34. Geno goes short right to Noah Fant uh, for a seven-yard gain yeah. in the first down. Yeah, I, yeah. on my notes I write Aztec face. Okay, so what that means is is that you've got – um, uh, outside guys, the guys closest to the sideline, they are running, uh, they are running corner routes, but they do a stem release in to give themselves some uh, some ground. So they got to lose ground towards the middle of the field, then then straighten up and then run the corner, and then and then the guys in the slot are going to run the flat. Right. And so it's a mirrored concept, and then the running back is laid over the middle. So you got to pick a side and just stay on that side. Yep. Well. You you know with the cover three as I described you're going to have an the corners in outside leverage so the corner backs in outside leverage are going to be uh, make it hard to throw the corner route because you you'd, you'd want to throw a corner route an outbreaking route to an inside leverage defender those guys were sitting on the outside so now it's just which flat do you want well Gino he's looking to his left he's got um, uh, a outside leverage on the on the flat route to uh, 
to to the from from a strong safety. Sorry, mm-hmm. and then on his right, he has inside leverage from a linebacker. Which would you po- choose? I'm going with Noah Fan inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you go to the fan on, on your right side because again, the defender was on the inside. Yep. When I say yep. leverage. He he's closer to the ball, so so Brant's uh, uh, fans running an outbreaking route. You pick on a linebacker who's aligned to the inside instead of a down. safety yeah. who's aligned to the outside. Yeah, easy first down. Next play, Jalen Ramsey illegal contact. Gino was pressured on the play; it was incomplete pass to Jones, but uh, yeah. he had an illegal contact on guess who number fourteen. Yeah, three deep, three under zone blitz. Usually, it's three deep, it's four under, or it's four deep and three under, so one less defender. But uh, yeah, blatant blatant um, call. It, there, there was some kind of intermediate breaking route that the DK was trying to get to, uh, fake to the outside, and then you know run a, a deep in or possibly mm-hmm. a post. But he got jammed up pretty good. Uh, obvious call. Uh, it, he then threw uh, an incomplete pass to Tony Jones Jr. right before the two minute warning. Yeah, um, right. So they had uh, they they lined up. Okay, they went uh, depot to the left. Okay, drive. Yeah, he uh, he. Oh, he had to chuck. He had to chuck it out to the side. He yep. got pressure. Yeah, pressure. Yeah. So play. they wanted to get. Two posts to the left, and then the shallow cross is coming from right to left underneath. So nice, nice uh, zone concept to allow you to hit hit the big play or have something uh, shallow cross is running underneath. Uh, but there was just pressure; you Too had to pressure. throw it off to the side. Yeah, uh, and then uh, here was a big play. It's second and ten at the Seattle forty-six. You're still outside of field goal range. Gino goes short left pass on the left side. Uh, Noah Fant takes it and goes fourteen yards for a first down down to the LA forty-yard line. Yeah, and on that play, so uh, again, that's why I was a little bit confused a moment yep. ago. Depot, um, that's my terminology for double post, right? Yep. A word conjunction of sorts. Yep. And so so um, on the left, they had the double post uh, like they had the previous play, um, but Fant had lined up as uh, uh, essentially a fullback to the strong side of the field in split backs. Yep. Okay, and so he, he came from the backfield. Now, when... The Rams go three deep. Remember now, if we're in hardcore football, if you're if you're if you're graduating from 100 level to 200, you know that three deep is four under, right? Yep. Well, the, unless you go a zone blitz, it's three deep, three under. Well, the the safety to that side who had the uh, uh, he he came down and he was essentially the middle hook defender. So if you think three deep and three under, the guy the guy in the middle shallow, he's got to cover the flat. Because again, they've got six guys in zone, not not uh, not seven. Right. And so, to the outside on those double posts, the, both of the outside guys, the shallow uh, the shallow outside guy, which would be called the curl flat defender, closest to line screen, he's got to run with the double post. He's got to, what's the term is carry. So they That's carry, carry the, when carry the corner down. So there's yeah, opening. Yeah. Right? Well, and then the outside, you've got a post, and and, yep. and certainly the the corner is going to follow the outside post. So at any rate, point is safety's going to come down. They try to disguise. They're trying to play zone with six, not seven, and they're out of position of safety, even though he's a, a good athlete. If he has the middle responsibility, that's the key. Fant's running to the flat. Yep. But if you say on the whiteboard, what's your responsibility? you got the middle hook. Well, if you are if you have to be right in the middle of the hashes and you have to chase, even though you are prob- probably can beat Fant in a foot race, the, the, the you're just out of position. And, and he get the, I'm going to skip ahead the two incomplete passes because I want to. in the interest of time, I want to get to the big plays that come up. This was, I, to me... Outside of that, I mean, this might have been the biggest play of the game. You're facing a third and 10 at the L.A. 40-yard line. If you don't get it and you don't get any yards, you're looking at a 56, 57-yard field goal to tie. Uh, I mean, you could make an argument this is a season-changing play, season a playoff, you know, a hopes keeping it alive play as well. 
Geno finds Tyler Lockett, who ran a route, Hugh, that was literally 10 yards and four inches, and he got a first down. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a little sit-down, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and then he uh, they, they ran a bunch formation, and then he just sat down and, and, uh, and caught the – so it was like a trail concept, and then – he just cut, he just sat down, recognized the zone, and got the first down. It was just a, I mean, and, and probably you're gonna listen. All due respect to DK Metcalf, you have to get yards and really probably have to get a first down. And you go to number sixteen. He's just, I, he's, I, I'm such a Tyler fan, man. He's just special. Just run because how many times you see a guy Hugh run a route that has to be ten yards ends up being nine and a half. Right. Yeah. Well, he's. Uh, <laughs> he just, he, I mean, his his football IQ is off the chain, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But but and I think it bears bears mentioning that that the play before when when uh, who's number fourteen for the Rams? He got the pass defense. Uh, Gino was kind of late on a on a ball, and and Tyler's running a speed out to That's the right. Durant. And, Durant. Yeah. yeah. And he ran. He put a little. He was trying to put a little sauce on the on the route. Yeah. Man, in in my NFL experiences. Um, there are some coaches that hate that. They just say, "No, d- don't run routes. This is not Steve Largent. This is not Fred Bolitnikoff. There's no mo- there, that, that's that's a, a generation ago. You you have to just run straight, and then you speed out of that so the quarterback can play with anticipation. For those who are in that discipleship, that would be an example. Here, Geno's got good protection. He's waiting. He wants to throw it. He's ready to turn it loose, but he's got to wait for Tyler to to run." And then do a little shimmy shake to the inside mm-hmm. before he breaks to the outside, and then the ball is just late, and the defender gets his hands on the ball. I mean, that would be a classic debate in coaches' uh, meeting rooms as to uh, whether or not throwing moves at the top of routes are a good thing or a bad thing. Um, just in the interest of time, DJ Dallas yeah. goes five yards for a, a set, so it's a second yep. and five. There's two more plays we want to get to. Uh, Gene, this is a huge play as well. Uh, second and five at the LA 25 yard line. Gino to Marquise Goodwin playing with a busted up hand. I'm not busted literally, but a messed up hand. He came back up. It should be noted. DJ Dallas walked out of that stadium in a massive limp yesterday. He gained five yards for you on, on yeah. first and ten. Just gritted it out. And yeah, Marquise gritted it out. Yeah, and Marquise Goodwin was playing with a messed up hand as well. He catches a huge pass for 17 yards to the eight yard line. Yeah, and it was a double slant to Gino's right. He had another concept. Usually, you run that to, against a two high defense. It's a one high here uh, because. Because again, carrying out, we can talk about cover three as a uh, uh, a baseball analogy. When you have your widest slant, Goodwin was to the very far right of mm-hmm. of of Geno. He's running that slant. There's also a slant inside of him. That normally the guy playing second base. Yep. Uh, uh, in the analogy to Geno's right, you know, right, the yep. shallow guy to his right, what's called the hook zone. Usually, when a slant, he'll. He'll defend a slant for a second, but then he'll hand it off to the next zone. Mm-hmm. And and then he's in a position, the second baseman, to expand, which is wide, like wide towards the first base, and then he's in a position to, to cover that outside slant. But he, he reduced and then kept collapsing. In essence, it was like man coverage. So it was a little bit of a matchup type of a uh, a zone that they as they played it on that side. And, uh, and so you had the one-on-one, and it was a huge play. Final setting po- up the touchdown. Break down the touchdown for us. Yeah, well, you, you've got uh, – you got Gino on the move. You're trying to run a bootleg. You got trips right, and and you you can if you want to put a quarterback on the move. Oftentimes, you set the running back to the right side, mm-hmm. uh, and and then he helps block the end. If you don't do that, 
and you want to have the running back involved in the protection um, uh, or in the in the uh, in the misdirection, then the then with three receivers to the right, the inside guy, the tight end, in this case Parkinson, he has to block the edge. Right, you got to have mm-hmm. either the running back to that side or, the, or, or, or a receiver, else. right? Because right. you can't hook the the right tackle cannot hook the edge guy if the quarterback is trying to get the edge. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. You've got to have an somebody protect uh, uh, blocking on the edge, yep. either running back or tight end. So they chose to do get the misdirection with the running back, have Parkinson block. So so you got quarterback on the move. Now what's his route? Uh, what what's his read? He's got a corner out in the back pylon, and he's got a a, a flat route in the front. And and uh, and boy, oh boy, I I I I can't remember. I think it was Lockett was in the front. I, I'm I'm not sure um, who who which receivers. I I just was so focused on well, DK. Yeah, just D- give us DK in the interest DK of time. on the backside. Okay, yeah. he's got he's just got a he's got a what's called an over route. Okay. The good thing about what he did uh, is is he what we call vertical stem. Mm-hmm. He 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 stuck he stuck the route at the top, meaning there was just a little bit of a of a uh, as he's coming from from the outside to the inside, so left if he to right, had just basically. kept running, yeah. Yeah. then then Ramsey would have just stayed in his back um, hip. But he 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 ran towards the the uh, inside, but then he straightened it and went vertical, and then flattened it out again on his his crosser. And Ramsey still covered it damn well. Uh, just incredible confidence because that's first down right there. Yeah, that's first down, and that just tells you that's like. Uh, uh, you know, Steph Curry just feeling it like, wait, wait, you have no business with 15 seconds in the stop clock in the shot clock pulling up, you know, from 26. Right. 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 But when you're, when you, when Steph is feeling it, you just say, Hey, green light, go just, you go be great. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that Gino's the Steph Curry of, of quarterbacks, but in that moment, his thought process was similar because that's first down. I would coach him. I'd say, if you don't love it, just break a camera lens, just yeah. throw it out of bounds. And yep. we got second down. Yep. And yet, he he must have loved that, even though he stuffed it in a you know opened up the mailbox and 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 stuffed it in there. So so you give him credit. I mean, it's professional football. You're in a dome. You got great uh, uh, environment to throw. If you can be that precise, but to me, it was like the guts. Like whoa, you. <laughs> You you tried that on first down, yeah. Like, like first whoa. first and goal from the eight, man. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, good and, stuff, and man. it was a, and it was a touchdown, and it was like you said, Ramsey was there, but DK beat him, and that probably yeah. made DK's night. Uh, Got to take a break. We'll come back. Yeah. Quick thought on the defense. Uh, hardcore football continues with Hugh Millen coming up next. Now back to Ian Furness on your home for the Huskies and the Kraken. Sports Radio ninety three point three KJR FM. Yeah, I mean, they had, for the most part, they didn't do a whole lot of stuff that we didn't expect. You know, a lot of, a lot of stretch, a lot of boot, as we expected. They had a couple of the wrinkles in there, but for the most part, I mean, they didn't do anything elaborate to where we weren't expecting anything, but it's just, I mean, they had a good system going, you know what I mean? They come, they attack you with the run. Early on, they, they attacked with the run, we're getting big gains, and they come back with the boot, you know what I mean? So it was just a battle. We knew that going in. It was going to be a physical game, and just, it was a fun one, though, I'll tell you that. Cody Barton post game uh, saying that, Stretch, boot, they expected that. But Hugh, the defense still couldn't stop it. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, Seattle does that a lot. I mean, how, how much boot have you watched uh, Gino complete all year, right? <laughs> yep. Right. Now, they they tend to do it the mid-zone where the aiming point for the, uh, the running back is the tackle, mm-hmm. not the tight end. But, um, uh, you know, if you like the stretch, for those who like the stretch, uh, uh, 
you, you, obviously it's a wider. If you can bounce it, if you have the speed to bounce it, like if you run the stretch to the tight end, everybody's trying to hook their guy, right? You're trying to get your body between the sideline and your man. Mm-hmm. So you're you're trying to widen out on the stretch. And uh and then if you can't hook your man, then the running back is supposed to read it and then and then he can, you know, they say put your foot in the ground. I don't know where else you put your foot in the ground. But, so <laughs> I've never really understood, you know, where else are you can put your foot, but uh, he's, oh, he puts his foot in the ground and then I he go, know. you know. But I understand what they're trying to say. They yeah. just you you're decisive, you you and you make your cut um north, you know, you're kind of going uh you, you know, to the sideline, you're going coast to coast and then and then as soon as you make that decision you go north but but you know for Seattle how they let's go back to uh let's go to back to week 6 right after the New Orleans game week 6 was against the Cardinals let's talk about personnel and what Seattle that in in playing that bare front you just look at the box that's between both guards and the center if you've got just one guy in there uh that's going to be over the center and, and that would be an odd that or, or uh you know, a three, four, right. Seattle doesn't really play a three, four uh, in when you start talking fronts, they play three, they can play three, four pants per uh, personnel, but they don't play three, four front. Right. Um, you count on one hand. They've done that. Uh, if you've got two guys in there, which is very standard. Now we're talking about defensive tackles, right? This right. is the Puna Fords. This is the Jefferson. This is the Al Woods. This is the Monet's right. Right. All those cats. If there's just two guys in that box, if they're shaded the strong side, we call that an over. If they're shaded the weak side, we call that an under, and the linebackers adjust based on that. Right. Uh, uh, if you have three guys, we call that a bear. Right. And that's both guards and center coverage. So uh, going back to Arizona, week six, they had they had three guys in that box, three defensive tackles in that little, again, the box between both guards and center, 38 snaps. And they had just two on 33 snaps. So the majority of the time they were playing the bare front. Right. When they only had two guys in there against Arizona, they gave up 11.9 yards per attempt on the ground. When they had the three guys in there, they were 2.45. Okay. Okay. So, so, and then just last week they had the, the ratio was they had 36 of the bare front out of 87. Right now, yesterday they started off in the bare front. Uh, I don't want to say every play, but I think uh, that first drive was all but every play. Right, and um, and then they got out of it. And for the game, they only played six bare front. So they went last last week. They were thirty six. This week they were six. And they, got they just said up for enough. And they got carved up for one hundred seventy one yards, though. So like, yeah, well, but because I think. The way the Rams do it, they have such a, a threat of that fly sweep. Gotcha. Right? That that now you have to – if you said to me, why would a team start in the bear and then get out of it because um, of those... if they're getting gashed on the run? Well, you're in the bear to gum things up in the middle. And but that's if, not if, what the Rams were doing. If they teams were are going, getting yeah. wide on you, yep. then you're saying, wait a minute, we're, we got we only get 11 guys. No matter what they do, we've we, we got 11 guys. And if we're devoting three, not two of them – to be big grizzly bears right there in the middle of the of the uh, of the defense, then we need to get we need to spread it out and you know to that end. Yesterday, they played with four defensive backs just six times. Yep, and they played with five defensive backs fifty one times. Wow! So they you know they were uh, and then and then they played dime six snaps. So but but what they would generally do then after that first drive where they said uh, enough is enough. They would play a single safety defense on on first and ten by and large, and and they would have you know both 
Ryan Neal and Kobe Bryant down in there. Okay. And, and so they had, and they play similar type positions, you know, and, and yet there's only two defensive tackles. Then when it got to second and long and what have you, then they'd pull a safety back and they'd be more likely to play a too high structure. So they got they out of that passing as, down. Yeah. So as Cody said, we got to, we got to run here. We're, we're late, but it, it, as he was saying, we knew what they were going to do and they tried to adjust to it. They just, frankly, Hugh, they weren't able to stop it. A lot. Well, I would say they're tricky. If I, if I hadn't watched the Rams all year, I'd say that, you know, it's kind of tricky because there's so much threat of the, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of eye candy going sideways with right. those fly sweeps, okay? Yeah. But then I know how inept they were and feeble they've been all year. Um, you know, here they're running back. You know, he's, he looks like he's the second coming of Eric Dickerson or something, and and yet he came into the league, you know, one of the lowest rates. So Seattle's definitely struggling, uh, struggling stopping the run. They get it better figured out. But you can, as I said, as I'm trying to indicate to you, they're trying everything. They are. No, and it's and that's I guess that's the frustration. Uh, I'll talk to you again on Thursday yeah. for our uh, our roundtable with uh, with Greg Bell, you and me. And uh, a shout out to Greg from Graham, who's a big fantasy football uh, caller every week. He was on the plane from L.A. back with me today as we got off the plane. Said, "Are we doing hardcore football today?" I said, "Damn right we are. We just did it." So, Greg, thanks for listening. Uh, Everybody as well. So, bueno. Uh, I'll talk to okay. you next uh, later this week. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so much, Ian. Bye now. That's uh, Hugh Millen, hardcore football. Mike Sando coming up next. Stay in touch with Seattle's sports leader anywhere, anytime. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 933KJR. The best way to watch football? At Emerald Queen Casino. Every Sunday, every team, every game. Watch on the big screen and cheer with the crowd at EQC Event Center. Or get in on the action at EQC Sportsbook with more than 30 LED screens playing all the games. You'll never miss a moment. At Emerald Queen Casino, you've always got the best seat in the house. Come for the game, stay for the win. Emerald Queen Casino, the betting capital of the Northwest. Please game responsibly. It's the rainy season, and leaky gutters and downspouts can cause significant water damage to your house. Hey, it's Ian Furness. Do what so many have done in the Northwest. They contacted I Know a Gutter Guy for their new gutters and downspouts. Hey, these guys are fast, they are professional, and they will do it right. I Know a Gutter Guy taught me about 5 and 6K gutters, and the downspouts they install catch significantly more water than the normal style that you're used to. Hey, they're just perfect for Northwest weather. When you need gutters, you need them fast. For beautiful, continuous gutters and downspouts, go to I Know gutterguy.com welcome to a late night edition of what if the show where i jake from state farm answer your insurance what ifs we've got sean on the line what's up hey jake what if i'm too stressed about my coverage to sleep like what if i don't have enough or what if i need to change it oh if you can't sleep just give us a ring we're available 24 7